Hello there, my fellow sophisticated creatives. Welcome to JCV Art Studio from the dressing room. I'm still in Schooner Cove. I honestly think each week I should give an update where I'm living. Okay. <laughs> it's been a crazy few months. Anyways, it's sunny out. I can hear the boats and it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. So today, Ozzy and I have Penny Jones on the podcast. Penny's website is titled Scapegoats and Sacred Cows. And underneath that, it is written, this is my existential crisis. Get your own. I love that, by the way. I I really do love that. And uh, I just, just something, give me something different, right? That'll make me. (laughs) Yes. And then under the about section, it's noted that Penny is an author, an editor, a screenwriter and a t-shirt wearer, which I also <laughs> like because I'm one of these people in the fall, I could live in my jeans. So mm-hmm. anyways, Penny is the author of Suicide Souls, Cricket, and On the Bricks. Penny, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Joanna. Happy to be here. Good, good. I'm happy to talk about your book. It, gosh, gosh. Okay. So, how are you doing? You're doing all, oh, you're doing good. Yes, I come off very red on Zoom. I don't know why. I need to. I, I keep every time I get on Zoom, I'm like, I probably need to figure that out. Like maybe it's in my settings. Like I can fix the like put a filter on because I, I am a little red, but like I'm always like bam. But um, but I'm good. You I'm look better good. than I look. <laughs> I, I think this is the first time I've worn lipstick in maybe 18 months. <laughs> yeah, I just put on lip gloss. I was like, oh, I should put lips on. That'd be nice. Anyways, okay. So your book, Suicide Souls, mm-hmm. I wanted to discuss the serious subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, in your dedication, you write about grief following suicide you dedicate this book to jeff and you have the national suicide prevention lifeline phone number in that dedication and i feel there are many layers of feelings in this novel as much as it is a work of fiction i believe that you respectfully wrote about the topic of suicide were you trying, was that one of your goals? Yes. And thank you for saying that. I was really afraid of in any way, glorifying suicide or um, making fun of suicide because, you know, I do crack a lot of jokes in my book. I never wanted to make it seem like it's a subject I take lightly because it's absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah I lost someone very dear to me, uh, I guess about uh, 15 years ago now. Well, the, um, I've lost a couple people to suicide, but yeah, Jeff was the one that was about 15 years ago. And, um, it just, one of the things I I wanted to get across with this book was that even when we feel like things are the darkest and, and you feel so alone and feel so, and yeah, we have, we've all gone through depressions of varying degrees, everyone. And it's like, you can feel so alone and feel so isolated. 
And there are people who are care, who care about you and think about you and who would be devastated if you were gone. And because I, I think it's so easy to forget when you're really down. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you want your reader to come away with after reading this novel besides a, a, an incredibly incredible story? Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, I think one thing I wanted to come away from them, people to come away from is with, sorry. Ugh. That's okay. Is that, is that people that there are people who care about you, even when it feels like there aren't. And there are people who you can call to talk to. Um, and if it, if you don't feel like you have a friend, there's this, there's a hotline, but also, I mean, none of us know what the afterlife is like exactly, but I kind of, I would, I kind of like to think, I'd like to leave the reader with a feeling like suicide is just trading your problems for different problems. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and I know that, you know, who knows what's true, but it's like, you know, who knows what you're, yeah, there's, there's shitty things going on right now. Um, but may, what if you just are trading your shit for some other shit, you know, who knows, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got to balance out the serious question with a lighter <laughs> one here. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. So when did you know you were a writer? Did you write as a child? Um, Cause you have quite the imagination. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I was a latchkey kid as so many on our generation were. So I spent a lot of times reading and watching TV and I, I, I'm so I'm kind of grateful for all of that. I feel like I had to spend a lot of time just with my imagination and, um, and, and, taking in stories and characters and, and learning things that way. And, um, but yeah, I started writing maybe, I, I think around third grade, uh, I've taken long breaks though. Like I haven't been one of those people who's always written. I'm, I'm definitely no Stephen King, you know, submitting stories when I was a child or anything like that. But around third grade, I think is where I really fell in love with it. And whenever we would have to do writing assignments, the teacher would have to make me stop, you know, when it was time to turn things in, I'd be like, no, 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 I have more to write. I have more to write. And, um, yeah, I think that's when I just fell in love with making up my own worlds. Good. I was mentioning that to my daughter today. We were out at the beach and, uh, you know, I grew up in a family where we didn't have a lot because um, we were talking about, I, I promise not to get too far off on a tangent. Okay. Oh, feel free. Okay. So, so where we were at the beach, amazing kites okay huge kites and um we were just talking about kites and i said i remember as a child making my own kite like using mm-hmm. stick right yes and, and, and newspaper it. yeah <laughs> and i go you know i said something for being raised in a household where you did not have a lot like we had a roof mm-hmm. over our heads and it yeah. was a loving family right mm-hmm. I go, but you had to use your imagination, mm-hmm. you know? And I said, so my flights would go up in the air for two seconds and then crash, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, but you know, you, you, you did what you did and you have fond memories, right? Right. And you kept trying, right? Yeah. I don't know how many of those crappy kites I made. They never yeah. did anything. It was terrible, <laughs> but I kept trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how about you give our listeners a little summary or a little teaser about what Suicide Souls is about. Suicide Souls is about um, two people, Naomi and Luke, who have committed suicide. Naomi was about a year before and Luke was about 10 years before. 
and they, but because of their, their own personalities, Naomi is navigating things very quickly and she's doing a great job at it. Whereas Luke is taking too long and he's in danger. So they have to pair up and navigate this terrain together. So it's, you know, a little bit of an odd couple story and a little bit of a buddy comedy in a way sometimes, but, um, but yeah, it's just about, yeah, about two dead people trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they have to find my favorite part that was where they have to find vapid soul, vapid bodies. That was like, for me, that, that makes it like added some levity to the story the whole time where they have to, you know, find a reality star, a pop star to inhabit, to, to get their second chance because that's who the vapid bodies are in my story. So, yeah, cool. Cool. And that, that's the thing, avid bodies, right? Like there's so many cool terms, which we'll get into here. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, what was the original, what if, like, was it a particular character you thought of or, um, a situation of, okay, like the suicide soul station. Okay. Like what was the, what if that kind of got, got you going? Okay. So I'm going to sound like a nut job here. So get ready for that. But, um, when I, so when my 14 year old son was an infant, he was taking a nap. It was just the two of us at that time. Um, his dad was at work. My daughter wasn't born yet. So we're, uh, Take, he went to sleep. So I went and laid down in my room. I was like, to, you know, I was exhausted, new mom. Yeah. And I woke up because I felt something like tap my forehead, like yeah. not quite a slap, but kind of like an abrupt tap. And then I could smell cigarette smoke. Oh. And Jeff I mentioned, uh, it was a heavy smoker and there was nobody in my house. My windows weren't open. And I, it was just the weirdest thing of like, I felt like he was there and was messing with me almost, you know, because, and then it was over. It was gone. And then nothing quite happened like that again, but I kept, I just kept thinking about it for years of like, what was that? Yeah. It, was, it was such a real tangible moment of just feeling like he was there. And I felt something touch my head and wake me up. And there was just me and my baby at the house and yeah. he was in his grip, you know? And so it, yeah, it stuck with me. And I, I, it kind of went from there. I was like, what if when you're asleep, you're more, more, more vulnerable to ghosts or like, or you can just be more in tune with spirits or they can be more in tune with you. And yeah, they just kind of went from there. Really cool. Cool. And yeah. I don't think you're a nut job. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, be totally upfront. I remember in our second house. So my aunt had a heart attack and she, as I'm learning from my daughter, who's a nursing student, she coded. So ambulance, okay. Mm -hmm. Ambulance was there. She had coded, they brought her back. And that's when they decided that she could no longer stay in her home. Okay. Mm -hmm. House got sold. We bought it. Mm -hmm. And then later when she did actually pass, we're getting ready to move. It's, I was, we had one of those in, in-house vacuum systems mm-hmm. and it's lugging the hoses up the steps Yes, yeah. and I turned and I felt this whoosh, mm-hmm. like cold whoosh and it makes you stop. Right. And yes, I said, absolutely. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, okay, no, it, it, no, it's, it's, it's not mm-hmm. what you think it is. And I'm standing there like an idiot with the hoses 
trying to replicate that whoosh, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get it, you know? So no, no, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. 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 I'm glad. You know? Thank you. Yeah. Have yeah. It. That's a few weird things, you know? So yeah, no. So as sassy as Naomi, your heroine is, I got the feeling that even if she doesn't warm to babies, which mm-hmm. I could relate to, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, show me a puppy, I'm all over them. Me too, me too. I'm just like, oh. I think my baby's just fine. But yeah, I was never <laughs> like, hand me that baby. Never. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to hold a baby. Yeah. Or else they're so vulnerable and tiny and just like, ah, it's terrifying. No way. Or else they give you the baby and I think it's going to scream. Scream. Right. It's going right? yeah. to mess up its diaper and then am I responsible because I'm holding it like I'm supposed to do something about that yeah, you, yeah, you know no, yeah no. yeah so Naomi she has a purpose her job is, and like purpose a job and she's doing her best to trying to help Luke during the grief watch mm-hmm. so they both don't get sucked into oblivion right mm-hmm. and um some authors interview their characters. You know, I hear about three-page interviews. Um, mm-hmm. I don't do that. Okay. Um, did you like? I maybe I think more of it in my head. But did you mm-hmm. have a strong idea of Naomi before you started writing, or was she a character that she developed as you wrote the book, as you developed the book? I, I had a pretty good idea of her. I think I did a character sketch. I took some notes yeah. and I, um, she, you know, she developed some as the story went on just because they always do. Right. But, um, I, I had a good idea of who she was and she was kind of like, she was almost somebody I would have liked to have been, you know, she was so, she, I mean, she definitely wasn't perfect and she had a lot of flaws, obviously, you know, she ended up where she did, but she, was self-assured and she was focused and she didn't. And even though she may have needed validation from others, it was like, she, she didn't need it as much as she thought she did. You know, I just, I, I liked her confidence and I liked, I don't know. I just liked the idea of her being kind of independent, but also really wanting to be in love. And that's part of the, you know, where things would go wrong for her too, is because she would get tangled up with a guy. And that part I could relate to all too well, of like letting, you know, a man derail you um, and send you down a different path, which I get. So there were things about her. Yeah. That some small similarities to me, only small. And that was probably one of them, but um but yeah, I had a pretty good idea of her and who, where she came from and her issues with her parents and, you know, those, those seeds of depression or, or doubt that start very young and that you don't know how to acknowledge or deal with when you're a child and how, you know, they come out later if you don't ever deal with them. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, okay. did I answer that? That was, really yeah, I did. No, I get it. I get it. no, I, I don't, I, I, I think it's more. For me, characters develop as they're put in circumstances. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because she seems so selfish too. And it's like, that's, but she's not, it's, yeah. she just kind of has to learn for herself that she's not too, you know? Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay. So I kind of got two questions here, but they're kind of, they're related. What I like about novels that I'm seeing now 
is that the heroines are real, they're flawed, they're fierce. Um, you know, you have a scene in a trailer versus, let's say, Nantucket. Um, and I, where I'm going with this is I'm, I'm not, I don't know Nantucket, but I'm thinking of Naomi <laughs> versus Jessica Fletcher, okay, of mm-hmm. Murder, She Wrote. And I know your book, you know, two different mystery genres. So here are the questions. I have them written down if, we, if I get sidetracked here. So with the novels you've seen and the novels you write, mm-hmm. do you believe the heroines we are seeing now are more reflective of our times? I think that we are finally being more honest about who we are. You know, I don't know if it's the, the effect of social media and people detailing their lives so much more openly or the effect of media, or if it's just all feeding the whole thing. I, I feel like we're not expecting our characters to be perfect anymore and expecting them to be wealthy and beautiful and per, you know, it's, yeah, I think we're finally being a little bit more honest about who human beings are because we're not, we're all imperfect and we, and, and yeah, some people are rich, but most people aren't. And even if they are, they probably didn't grow up that way. You know, it's like, there's just, I'm more comfortable in that space of honesty of people who have foul mouths and who, um, who have worked in bars or who lived in a trailer park at some point, you know, I think that that's just a lot. That's so much closer to reality than a lot of the older books, I think. And I can relate to it more for me. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Right. It's like, these are the people I know. These are people who I grew up with. These, yeah, these are people, you know, these are sometimes, sometimes it touches on who I am and who I have been. And yeah, I, I think the perfection model, especially for females, is just such, it's just bullshit. <laughs> we need to let it go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but I think we are. I think we are. Yeah. yeah. So do you believe that being an indie author that we we don't have to play it safe? Because I, I I don't, I don't think, I don't think I play it safe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think it helps. Yeah. Because we don't have to really answer to as many people typically. And really, you know, we're not, you know, we're not as driven by sales. Yeah. It'd be nice to be someday, (laughs) (laughs) but for now we're not, yeah, we're not as driven by sales. So if it doesn't resonate, that's okay. But I think it probably does, you know, a lot more than, than we think. Okay. 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 So I had a conversation with one of my beta readers and one of her favorite scenes in dealer's child that's coming out in September almost didn't make it into my book. And she's really glad it did. Now, you have many catch my breath. I call them catch my breath moments. All right. Um, Alex cluing in about Luke being present. Okay. Uh, Luke's son. Um, There's a scene in there where he, he just Luke's son ask a question, which kind of made me go, right. Um, So when you write, do you start with those moments and work around them? Do you kind of like put them on like a little shelf? And then in your mind, you think, oh, I'm going to take this one down and and work it into this scene. So I guess I'm wondering, how do you work? Do you plot? Are you a pantser? Um, How do you, how do how do you work your story? I am unfortunately a panster. I really want to be a plotter. I keep trying. It doesn't work very well. I do kind of sometimes plot um, just a couple of chapters ahead in advance, okay. but that's about it. There, 
there were a couple of scenes that I I didn't necessarily write the book around, but maybe a little like with um, Naomi slapping her ex-boyfriend when he's asleep because of what had happened, what I, my experience I mentioned earlier. And the thing about Luke's son, because I had another, I had a friend I lost um, when I was 18 or 19 okay. uh, that I lost to suicide. His name was Aaron and he, his girlfriend was pregnant and um, yeah, so he had then so later there's a you know a little duplicate of him running around and he's gone you know um and it was just i remember i was at his parents house one time and saw a picture of this kid and it was just so shocking because it just looks so much like him and i had known him when he was you know young and um so i kind of wanted to include the the son part and and because i always wondered if aaron had he did he knew I guess I can tell personal details. He's gone and I'm not giving a last name, but he, he knew she was pregnant. And I think she had told him she wasn't sure if it was his and he, it was just so, it was so, so crushing. And I don't know, you know, I'm not saying it's her fault yeah, by any means. Um, but I just always was like, if he could have seen that kid's face, it, yeah. you know, he would have, it would have changed everything. Right. Yeah. So, so Luke seeing the, seeing his son, and having those regrets, it, I felt like I really needed to include that part just to kind of pay some respect to Aaron and, um, and to kind of keep his story alive and in that way, you know, I mean, it's still, yeah, he's still alive through his son and through their family and stuff. But for me, yeah, I wanted that little snippet. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Cause it's, Thank you. I remember like, I, I'm just thinking about that scene and, you know, one of the yeah. characters just says, he's here, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> must it, right? You know? Yes. Yeah. So what novels influenced you or impacted you? The thinking of what you, what you write, what, who influences you? Or one in my very, yeah, my very, one of my very early influences is VC Andrews. I have to say that ah, just so like, just filthy and crazy and just like, ah, just, it was amazing. I read that, read Flowers in the Attic when I was like, I don't know, nine or 10 and just was like, friggin' blown away because it just seems so naughty. Right. Um, I have reread it recently with some friends, uh, and I, I was kind of like, Oh, yeah, you know, no, but it, but <laughs> she was such an influence on me. I have to say, um, right. When I started, when I decided to really give writing a go, I had read some Mark Haskell Smith. Okay. His books are really fun and it, they're, they're, fun mysteries with snappy dialogue and crisp exposition. And it's just, it's the kind of book that makes writing look easy, which is, you know, not, but you know what I mean? It's that feeling of like, you feel like you're part of it as a reader and you feel like it's, if you're, if you're a hopeful writer, like I was, you feel like it's possible, you know? Um, So he was one of my major influences. Ariel Gore was as well. I took one of her workshops a very long time ago. I've taken several, but a long time ago, I took one and it was like, and she was someone I, I admired. She has um, several fiction and nonfiction books. One of her nonfiction books is called The Mother Trip. And it was kind of a a mothering guide that was from a more realistic point of view than a lot of the things we have in circulating out there in the mother world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took one of her workshops and she was so personable and encouraging. And, you know, this was a hero of mine. And so it was just, that really helped as well. So those were some mm-hmm. of my Cool. Yeah. Some of the ones who kind of got me on my path. 
Well, I know, and I'm, God, jeez, I'll say it, but <laughs> I just, I know I'm going to, uh, not that I'll get slammed by the Canadian, Canadian. <laughs> Are you going to say Margaret Atwood? No, well, okay, honestly, I, I haven't read any of hers. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay. But, I have a few of those people too, I get it, I get it. Okay, so. I have read her a lot of hers, but. Okay, <laughs> and I haven't even watched Handmaid's Tale, okay? <laughs> anyway. It's so heavy. It's so okay. heavy. I, I'm behind because I'm just like, I can't right now. I'm going to have to wait until yeah. something lifts. That's, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, as a teenager, I read another big kind of Canadian writing legend was Robert Louis Stevenson. Stevenson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember as a teenager, just fifth it starts it has fifth in the title and I cannot I want to say fifth avenue but that's not it but it was at fifth in that title and I remember as a teenager I read all of them right just Mm -hmm. gobbled them up um as an adult I tried to read one and it's just I I maybe I was just in a different place well yeah adult compared to teenager but yeah yeah so yeah it's it's interesting what influence what are your influences yeah mm-hmm. so you mentioned dialogue and your dialogue is sharp and it's real and this line that jumps at me is it's life isn't fair and neither is death and when I read that I thought no <laughs> <laughs> you know and I thought to myself please tell me at some point in our existence or post-existence there isn't red yeah. tape right? I know hopefully it is I mean this is all yeah who knows yeah. <laughs> but it was good because it made it, it you got a reaction from me um, okay good so do you consider your dialogue a strength because I think it's a strength Thank you. Yeah. I like to think so. I yeah. like my dialogue and I do try to, you know, write how we talk and, yeah. um, but I mean, I have, I, I, I was rejected a few years ago from by an agent over my dialogue. And so, and that was, I think the same book I had another agent reject something else, but say, but I like the dialogue. So yeah. I guess it's all subjective, but, yeah. um, but I like to think, so I'm comfortable with dialogue Good. and I don't, yeah, it's not one of those things. I know some people, we all have our things that we have a hard time with. And yeah, dialogue it usually tends to be pretty easy. I try to go back through sometimes and kind of look out for cliches and, yeah. and saying things that are too buttoned down or too um, formal, you know, I try, I do try to kind of look for that, but yeah, I, I I'm comfortable doing it and I feel like it's, yeah, it's, I like it. And Good. I'm glad Good. that you liked it too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and your descriptions. Okay. Um, I would like to read a passage, okay, if that's all right, or do you want to yeah. read? Yeah, okay. oh, you can, that's great. Okay, Thanks. so it's between Luke, who's one of our main characters, and Ernesto, and this is the conversation these two, two guys have, so it's, and we're in Luke's point of view, okay, so what is this place, I ask Every time the colorful light flashes, I see faces in the walls. Some are smiling, some are frowning, some are laughing, some are mid-scream. I look down to the conveyor belt to avoid seeing any more faces. These are the souls that are being cleansed. It's sort of like a jail for the afterlife. 
These souls are murderers, rapists, pedophiles. They will eventually move on once they have been cleansed of their unnatural urges. That, like, that is wild. Okay. So, um, do you, like, do you kind of, like, let loose? Like, you literally let loose with your, I think, your imagination in that passage. Like, how do you, like, I don't want to say, how do you think of this stuff? Because I know people have asked (laughs) me that, and it's just like, I do. I don't know. (laughs) Right? So, just, how did that all come about? Well, a little bit of it came from the Detroit airport. Have you ever? <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I, I live, um, I live outside of Ann Arbor, so I'm close to Detroit. And, um, so I fly out of the Detroit airport and one of the, and when you travel from terminal a to either B or C, you go down, um, this like light show hall basically. So, you know, you get on the, you can stand on the conveyor belt that moves you through faster yeah. or that you don't have to walk. And there's a light show going on the whole time, like from the walls, the walls are curved in and there's like different flash colors of flashing lights. So I almost pictured it like that, but with really, really horrifying imagery instead. (laughs) So like you're on a conveyor belt, but you can see all these like tormented souls. Right. Cause I'm also kind of coming through from it, from a place of what if, what if everyone is redeemable? Right. So I'm kind of like coming out a little bit from that of like, what if there's not a straight to hell situation? Like, what if there is a chance even for the worst of the worst? And what would that look like? So I don't know how I ended up combining these, you know, the, this with the Detroit airport, which is lovely. So I am, you know, (laughs) nothing against the Detroit airport at all. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah. How I ended up meshing them together, but I just, it's just what I thought of as far as like moving through like a long haul and a conveyor belt. And then just the, and and having something from the walls instead of flashing lights, something terrible. And I'm just thinking of all the questions you asked, what if, what, what, if we could, you know, what happens or if we could Mm -hmm. like you, all the questions you asked, right. To, to, Mm -hmm. to bring all that together. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I listened to the Kindle writing life podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, an author said, Uh, that they were being interviewed. I can't remember who the author was at the moment. She was saying to be an author now is very exciting. Um, There's traditional, there's hybrid um, indie publishing. Um, Now as an indie author, you are making all the decisions, right? Um, In your book, you have elements of mystery, you have paranormal, you have thriller um, and humor. Okay. So did you find that the darker your story became the more like humor would kind of like pop up or just like did you did you find that that the darker your story becomes bits of like humor would start popping up in your in your writing a little bit and I just realized one reason I'm red is because the red light on here but I'm kind of red I'm kind of red without it though but um anyway so um but I read but, but I don't use this one still red because I've noticed that. Sorry. Anyway, that's not that what you're asking me. Um, I don't know. I, so cricket is kind of dark and it's not funny. And I have found that that is my least favorite thing I've ever written at this point. Cause I am just like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel as much like my voice to okay. me. Um, and when I was writing suicide souls, one of the things I was going for is that, that 
yeah, the dark comedy horror feeling. I love stuff like uh, Army of Darkness and Cabin in the Woods. A lot of the Bloomhouse stuff that's coming out now. There's a lot of really good, like I feel like the the horror comedy genre is kind of coming back a little bit, and I really enjoy it. There's a series called Ash versus Evil Dead that's based on the Evil Dead series and has Bruce Campbell as the lead, same guy. And I love that stuff. I like when horror, when the most terrible things have like humor just sprinkled in and the more irreverent, the better. And I just think it's so much fun. I don't, maybe it's from growing up on those cheesy 80 horror, 80s horror films. And again, being a latchkey kid, I watched so many of those when I shouldn't have and wasn't supposed to. And I think it, maybe it comes from that a little bit. Cause even though they weren't meant to be funny, they, they were, cause they were yeah. just so gruesome and dumb and just great. And um, <laughs> so I think maybe, yeah. So I think for me, horror is really intertwined with humor. Okay. So it was just kind of like part of the genre for me. Okay. Okay. Neat. That's neat. Okay. Um, cause in the, no- the, I kind of also wanted to check about the other novels you've written. Okay. So in the novels you've written, has there been any character that you thought about writing a second book about? Cause just, mm-hmm. I, and I'm also thinking the characters in your three books, um, I haven't read the other two. So are they all strong women? Yes. Okay. I like to think so. Strong, flawed women. That's my thing. Okay. (laughs) Any one of them you've thought about maybe taking and writing a second book about? Yes. So I started uh, a long time ago and have not gotten very far on it. I started a sequel to On the Bricks where Cass, um, the lead of that one, has to go back to Arkansas again. She has moved to California. That that was one of her goals in the first book. I went on the bricks. And she has to go back because her stepmom, Lucinda, has lung cancer. And Lucinda, she and Lucinda had a tumultuous relationship, but, but they were coming to an understanding on the bricks and actually forging a good relationship. And so I wrote quarter to a third, maybe, of that. And I will probably revisit it at some point because I do like both of those characters a lot. Okay. And I liked all the supporting characters a lot. That one for me was pretty. Though the storyline is, is has nothing to do with my life whatsoever. She 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 just got out of prison and uh, has to live in a halfway house. But the characters and the setting are very much for very personal for me. Very Arkansas, where I you know um, I based the town that I made up. The, uh, it's a fictitious town in Arkansas, but I based it on the town where I used to spend my summers sometimes with my grandparents in Calico Rock, mm-hmm. and um, and the women that she lives with in the halfway house or, you know, they're, they just remind me of, of real people. And so it was all very personal for me, even Mm -hmm. though, like I said, storyline wise and all that plot wise, it was nothing to do with my life whatsoever. So I would like to probably revisit that at some point, because I do feel like that book kind of had like a home feeling for me. And I liked the, um, I liked where I was going with it because Lucinda wanted to, um, she was, kind of going on a quest to find a son she had put up for adoption when she was very young that her mom made her put up because she was raised in a very religious house. And so I liked where I was going with it. I don't know why I wandered off, but I do that. So hopefully I'll go back to it one of these days. If I can even figure out which computer it's on, hopefully it's on this one. I hope I moved it over because I just got this one last year. Um, I should probably check and see if it's on there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That would suck. 
Yeah. So that would be, if I would do a sequel, that would be, that would be the one. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. And by the way, I may not have been at the Detroit airport. Um, I have been a few times through the Seattle airport. So <laughs> me too. And I lived in, in Tacoma for three years in the early aughts. So I went to the Seattle airport a lot. Okay. Okay. It's so, a nice airport too. Okay. So I really enjoyed our chat, Penny. Um, I me always, too. Like this has been great. I like hearing author stories and, uh, you know, just that, what if, how did the story came together? So is there anything you would like to add that I, I may not have asked you? And I'm curious to find out what you're working on next. I'm working on several different things and I've really got to get that pen down. I'm working on a screenplay with a friend of mine right now, kind of a, a sci-fi workplace comedy horror. So we'll see how that goes. We keep going back and forth on notes. Um, kind of button heads a little, but I think it's in a good way, you know, where you're kind of chat, we're kind of challenging each other. So hopefully we'll get that finished. Yeah. And, um, I have started a couple of different manuscripts and I need to kind of focus on one. I had, I had a really hard time writing last year. Okay. I see these people who got books written in 2020. I'm like, how, I mean, I could, I could barely even read in 2020. It was just, my brain was just sapped. Yeah. So I feel like I'm starting again, finally, at least. So hopefully I will have something going soon enough to where I'm like, okay, yes, I'm officially working on this project and only this project until I finish it. So that would be, that's the dream. Okay. So where can people find you if on, uh, on the internet, where can they find you on social media? Okay. So I have a website, scapegoatsandsacredcows.com. I have not updated it lately. Uh, it was, it's a blog and I was, it had kind of moved toward book reviews, but you know, again, eh, you know, everything <laughs> happened. Uh, I'm on Twitter at P Jones writer. And I am on Instagram at Penny Jones author and Penny is spelled with an I at the end. Cause I was born in the seventies and, um, I have a podcast coming out hopefully pretty soon. We don't have it posted yet, but Biblio it's called Biblio bitches. And it's a irreverent book club. And the first book we're covering is flowers in the attic because yeah. So hopefully that'll be out pretty soon. We have the first uh, few episodes recorded and edited, but we're just trying to get the administrative stuff done at this point. So, you know, yeah. to make sure we're have everything in place before we launch and have enough. It's me and a couple of friends and we all have kids and jobs in. And so we're trying to make sure that we have enough recorded that if we don't <laughs> stay on top of it, we don't fall behind. So, yeah. yeah. Or if life happens and you've got a movie, you know, you've got a couple that are already pre-recorded. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get a few in the chamber before we get going. So, so yeah, hopefully that'll be up uh, in the next month or so, hopefully. Well, I hope you post somewhere because I'd like to check it out. That'd be cool. Yes, I will. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, your podcast is going to be on my website, jcvartstudio.net. Great. And um, I will send you the link to this podcast. And I'm glad we could make this work between, between our schedules. Yes. Thank you so much. This okay. has been great. And good luck with your <laughs> selections and all that business it sounds like a lot right now i gotta buy taps <laughs> i know right it's like that should be so easy but no yeah. they're gonna make it hard they're gonna make yeah. it difficult for you yeah okay penny okay, okay. thank you so much yeah bye okay bye